0: just as we began to sing majesty, I just felt like this host of angels just worshiping with us. How many people believe in hosts of angels? Yeah, yeah, hosts of angels just coming through here. Oh Lord, we're just so thankful for your presence. Woo! We get to worship with the angels, God. Around your throne. Even for all eternity, God. Lord, just in Your presence, Lord, there is healing, God. In Your presence, there is salvation. There's deliverance for us. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for increasing that, Lord.
1: <laughs>
0: Woo! Thank you, Lord. Mmm. Gosh! Thank you, God. How many? Uh, who in here has arrhythmia, like an irregular heartbeat? Is that you? Guys, stand up if you have that. If you don't mind. I just want to just feel like God wants to touch you right now. So if you can uh, reach one of these people like behind you, Steve and Janice, just let's just reach out our hands and touch them. And Father, we just thank you for your word at your word. God, you release healing. So we say heartbeats be whole in Jesus name in the name of Jesus. Let heaven just come into their bodies. We command each irregularity to be gone right now and to come in alignment with heaven in Jesus' name. Woo! <laughs> Thank you for your presence, Lord. Mm. More Holy Spirit. Thank you for your goodness. Woo! Amen. Amen. You can be seated. That was good. How many? Who has uh, arthritis? Does anybody have arthritis in here that you would like to get rid of? <laughs> you want to keep yours? <laughs> Really? There's no one in here with arthritis. That's great, isn't it? Oh, you do, sir? Okay. Well, Lord, we just ask you to touch him back there, God. Just We just speak to his joints right now in Jesus' name and say, Behold, behold, we command all the symptoms of arthritis just to leave completely in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Woo! God is good, isn't he? Mm-hmm. A couple of weeks ago, Andy, will you share that story real quick? This is pretty cool.
1: Well, things aren't always as they seem. And sometimes you come to church and the room feels totally flat and dead. And you just decide to pull back and, ah, I don't feel the anointing today. God's not really interested in doing anything. How many of you know what I'm talking about? So you set your approach that way. And I just really appreciated Marlon's word about coming from the inside because the deal is this. Don't wait for the room to change so you can jump in. You need to walk into the room and change the room yourself. That, that's what it is, coming from the inside. And I, I was joking about the Starbucks anointing, but I really feel like the, the, the Lord wants to break that attitude off of Christians. He wants to break that attitude off of us. So where when we're coming to church, our approach is, yeah, there might be a giant facing me, but... Who is that uncircumcised Philistine standing in front of me? And um, that's right. And that has to be our attitude when we're walking into not only this place, but everywhere we go. And uh, so, um, you know, I, I'm preaching this, but I'm living this lesson myself. So the, other, the kids have been asking me to do a worship night at, at youth for a long time, and I've just been resisting them. Um, and uh, so we finally did it, and it was like, Oh, worship night, worship night, worship night. You know, like, and I was just like, oh, my gosh, this is terrible. Lord, why, you you know, set me up for failure like that? Well, anyways, a couple of the girls that were sitting over on the side over here, uh, this was unbeknownst to me until after the service, but Jessica Davis had brought a friend. Right, who? What was your friend's name? Jilly. It was Jilly. She was here. She was a visitor, never been in our church before, but she came in with a, a... Uh, an ankle brace on but it was hidden in her jeans and you couldn't see it and two of the girls becca midget and hannah shope got a, a a word of knowledge that somebody had or no that jilly they they heard the lord say that she needed her foot prayed for so they went over there didn't know she even had a brace prayed for her she was she had acute pain and after they prayed for her it was, it was totally gone. I mean, she was freaking out. Jilly was absolutely shocked. Um, you know, sh- they came and got me after the service. It was like just a really big blessing. And, um, you know, so, so there you go. I mean, it's the little things, right? It's those following, those little, that, that still small voice that the Lord is just, He's sending those things out. And the more we respond to those things, the more He's going to respond. And I just want to give this as a, as a P.S. So the next day, Jilly goes to school and she, she came under attack. She, she, got, she got persecuted at school because she began to tell all the kids what God had done at church the night before. And just this, just this you know, this thing came against her, you know. Anti-faith, anti-Christ, anti-everything. And so much so that they had to pull her, didn't, they have, didn't she have to be put into another classroom to do her work? You know, so that anointing is real and that, that's the spirit of the age does not like it, but we are not to be intimidated by that thing and we have to keep going after it, keep going after it, keep going after it. Yeah,
0: so we're going to keep going, right? Um, also last, when the, you know, it was great last Sunday with Bob, wasn't it? And uh, we were praying for the different senses and stuff, starting with, I think, allergies and the sense of smell and all that. And uh, is Ryan made in here? He's, he's not in here? Okay, anyway, uh, his brother Corey was in the first service, but wasn't at the second service when Bob was there. But uh, when we started praying for that, he got up and just stood in for his brother um, for his, ne- his nose and uh, his allergies and stuff. And uh, anyway, Corey called me Monday afternoon, and he was like so excited. I was like, what's going on? He's like, well, Ryan stood in for me for prayer. I've never been able to breathe out of my nose, I literally had told my wife, if anybody ever like, gagged me or covered my mouth, I would die because I can't breathe through my nose. And I was asking about it. He said there were these polyps and stuff that just prevented air from getting through his nose and stuff. And uh, he said, Matthew, I'm driving down the road right now for the last 20 minutes. I just realized I've been breathing through my nose. I realized that I'm freaking out here. God's completely healed me. You know, and he was so blown away by that. So, uh, yeah, that was awesome. And then... I uh, emailed that out to some of our leaders, and then Dean responded with this email. You want to tell what happened to Paul, real quick? Yeah, my friend Paul Taylor had been calling me all week, saying, "Please pray for me. Please pray for me. I've done everything. I don't know what to do." He has constant, chronic sinus infections, sinus headaches, uh, all these problems, and I mean, and they just go on month after month after month. And he was just crying out, "What to do?" So when they said that, when when Bob said that, I stood up and said, "Lizzie, I'm going to stand in for Paul. Pray for me." So she did, and then I called Paul, and he goes, Sunday afternoon. It was a turning point. I actually had an emergency doctor's appointment set up to go get stuff from a doctor Sunday night, and I canceled it. He goes, I was just healed Sunday afternoon. (laughs) Woo! Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Who's got allergy issues? Anybody got allergy issues? You guys just stand up real quick. Just going to release this thing. Antihistamine from heaven. Just come down right now. We just speak to each person's uh, uh, respiratory system right here standing this morning. Even if you're standing in for somebody, God, we thank you that your power is greater. Let your kingdom come right now and be released over each person's body. Breath of God, just breathe. Just breathe breath of God. Right through their bodies. Right now. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You guys just say, I receive. Alright. Good. Let us know what happens. <laughs> Woo, I love when the Lord just, you know, when, when the kingdom of heaven intersects with this realm here, it's really fun, isn't it? That's how Jesus said, you'll know when the kingdom of heaven has come upon you. You know, it resides within you, so you can let it out. And as one guy said, the, the Holy Spirit is in me for me and on me for you. You know, so that's really good stuff. And then also, um, Chris Underwood got a report. His, his mom's been battling leukemia for the past year, right? It's been right out of year, I believe. And uh, it's been, she's been at Duke recently with its um, kind of coming back in full force. And uh, he got a call from his dad right before the meeting on Wednesday night that the doctors said that she's in re- her cancer is in remission. They can't find it right now. So praise God. Thank you, Lord. Yeah. She's, she's still got some recovery to do and, and, and a ways to go, but we're just believing God. And f- Lord, we thank you for healing Mrs. Underwood. Right now, we say cancer be gone, never to return. We break your authority and your commission over their family and over their lives. Lord, we thank you. Let your presence just fill her today. The Duke Hospital, where she's at, Lord, let your presence just come now into a room, Holy Spirit. Saturate her with the heaven's reality. Lord, just commission just your uh, angels of healing just to go there and minister to her. Woo, just sing over her. God, just open her spiritual ears to hear the melodies of heaven today, God. Thank you so much for that, Lord. Mm, Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. I just think that uh, the separation, that there's a thinness between heaven and earth. And uh, that's what Jesus is trying to get us to see. <laughs> you know, the whole time He was here, I believe. is He said, first of all, the kingdom of heaven is near. It's at hand. So change your mind. That's what repentance is. Start to see things with different eyes. Start to hear things with different ears. Have you ever noticed when you read through the Gospels, he talks about that a lot? He talks about always seeing but never perceiving, always hearing but never really hearing. You getting that? And uh, it's so funny, it's not funny, but it is in a way, that even the 12 guys with him saw him do all this cool stuff and did a bunch of cool stuff themselves and saw heaven reality brought here to earth, and then still they struggle with getting it. You know what I mean? Like, for example, he fed the 5,000 by multiplying, you know, the food. And then the next time, they had about 3,000 or something to feed. And he's like, all right, guys, come on now. Now you do it. And they're like, huh? No, no, really, no, you give them something to eat. He's like, he just, they they just didn't get it. And even after every, this is my favorite, even after everything was said and done in Acts chapter 1, I believe it is, Jesus has already been crucified and resurrected, okay? And He's getting ready. They're standing there. getting He's getting ready to ascend into heaven. And the disciples go, Hey, Jesus, is now when you're going to restore the kingdom? And you can just see Jesus going... You know, if he 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 didn't cuss, but if he did, I bet he'd be tempted. Right? What in the world? You know, you don't get it now. The kingdom is not about the you know the kingdoms of this world. It's a spiritual kingdom, and uh, that's why I say the the separation between that kingdom of heaven. The supernatural realm, God is spirit. It's so thin. It's so much thinner than we can even imagine. You know that's right, right, Mandy? It's so thin. I think when we graduate to that next realm permanently, we're going to realize that. We're like, wow. I spent all those years pecking around in the dirt like a chicken. peck, 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 peck. Spending all my focus on this world and all these things. Instead of soaring like an eagle. God meant you to soar. God meant us as a body to soar. We're one body. That's what the Bible teaches us. And uh, at the beginning of this year, I felt the Lord lead me to begin this series on divine healing. And why this topic? How many people know someone, or maybe it's yourself... Who has some illness or sickness or disease that even if the doctors can treat your symptoms, they can't cure it? Does anybody at least know somebody? Raise your hand. Okay. It's probably almost everyone, I would assume, right? To me, I don't like that. <laughs> I mean, you know what I'm saying? I really don't like that. I, I don't like that much sickness and disease. Not only in the church, but In the world. You know, have you ever taken a stroll? Like yesterday I was at uh, Target. You know, it's pretty busy on Saturday. Especially the Saturday before Halloween. You know, you go through Walmart. I mean, have you ever noticed? Just look around, right? All the casts and wheelchairs and braces. And even the stuff you can't see. You know, all the sickness. All the pain. All the stuff. And, you know, Jesus' mission was He came here to obliterate all that stuff. Right? He came here to obliterate sin, number one. But as we went through in the first message that I preached on this is, you know, sin, as it entered the world, corrupted the whole thing. Sickness is a result of that. Right? And even early on in Exodus 15, God revealed to His people, the Israelites, that He is Jehovah Rapha. You know, we sang that that psalm today, God is healer. You know, in the Hebrew, that's Jehovah Rapha, or however it's pronounced in Hebrew. That's right. <laughs> Yahweh, is heal, Yahweh is healer, right? I mean, he, you can't... So, can you separate God from His nature? That's who He is. That's what He likes. It's what He wants to do for His creation, for His created order. And then, of course, when Jesus hung on that tree, when He was crucified, not only was our body of sin done away with, not only did His blood cover all of our sins, past, present, and future, but also our diseases and our sicknesses and our illnesses. Isn't that what we quoted in Isaiah 53? These are the truths contained in the Scripture. They're all one thing, one principle. Redemption from sin, from sickness and disease, from poverty, from lack. You know, so what I want to talk about this morning is when you come here or anywhere, even at home, and someone prays for you to be healed, how do you uh, receive that healing in your life? Okay? Now, I'm not talking about like a how-to, like if you follow this formula, it's guaranteed. I'm talking about how-to in terms of these are the steps of revelation that you really need in your life in order to appropriate the promise. To be a part of your reality, does that make sense? Now, how many people uh, from time to time might get discouraged in praying for the sick? Okay, there's a lot of honest people in here. I was talking to one of those people this week, and they just kind of said to me, "You know, Matthew, honestly, I have a hard time jumping up there to pray for the sick right now because, to be quite honest, I'm just not seeing much results. I'm I'm not seeing people healed." And uh, I was like, "Yeah, I mean, I know everybody knows what that feels like." And and I, I just pointed out to him, but you got to remember, there's a, what you're looking for is a miracle. Like what happened with the, that story that Annie told was a miracle. There's a difference between a miracle in the scripture and healing in the scripture. In fact, uh, quantitatively in numbers. More of the references in the New Testament to healing are progressive healing. It comes from the Greek word "therapeuo" or therapeo, however that's pronounced, which means like therapy, a progressive healing. Even in the ministry of Jesus, there were progressive healings that took place. Example number one is the ten uh, lepers. Remember the ten lepers? And only one came back? Well, if He said, go be healed and they walked down the street and they were all cleansed, don't you think more than one would have come back to them? I think biblically we could show that they probably traveled about two days' journey before their body, before the symptoms were removed in their body. And they were healed. And then that's why only one actually turned around and made a two-day journey back to thank Jesus for being healed. Okay, so what, the reason I'm saying that is because when it comes to that issue of results immediate, how many people would rather see a miracle? I mean, we love miracles, right? Who doesn't? Of course, if we had our, you know, if we could have it our way, it would be miracle every time, you know? But that's not what the Bible teaches us. James, in James, where it talks about calling the elders, it uses that word of healing, not miracle. Okay, so you've got to keep that in mind, and I was just trying to encourage this person. You've got to see with different eyes. Because the eyes that want to see miracle instead of healing are usually more natural eyes than spiritual eyes. And I love what uh, Marlon quoted there in Ephesians 1, right? But Paul was praying that the Lord would open our eyes of a heart to understand. The spirit of wisdom and revelation is in combo of that. That's what I'm praying this morning, is God, open our eyes of our heart, open the eyes of our heart that we can see into the spirit world. There's things that hinder us from seeing in the spirit world, and that's when I want to I get to some of those things here towards the end. But I want to also just remind you that the goal of this series on divine healing is, first of all, you know, we want to go biblically towards sound doctrine. Now, we've all got our dis- we've got disappointments in our lives. We've got challenges. There's things that we ha- haven't gone the way that we wanted them to. Very painful things, and I understand that. I'm, I'm with you on that. I've been there and walked through those things at the same time. And in the middle of those challenges to my doctrine, number one, I've just made a choice. He's worthy. I'm just going to praise Him. Never again... Well, we have the opportunity to worship in the middle of our pain. Because when we pass over to the other side, there will be no pain. There will be no suffering. We'll never have another opportunity in the middle of our heartache and our disappointment to say, Lord, I don't understand, but you're worthy. You know, like Jesus, I talked about last week, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? But then he, he switches in stanza two of the Psalm 22. He switches to, but God, he just into praise, into praising him, Almighty God. You never thought about that? Well, we won't get that opportunity once we graduate to the, other, to the other reality in heaven. And secondly, I refuse to adopt my theology or our theology to just my experiences. Because there's, uh, admittedly, a lot of things I don't understand. I don't have all the answers for you this morning on divine healing, but I got a lot because we got this. Okay, and God's told us a lot of things. And one thing that I strongly believe is if we can see into that spirit world, we'll see that things aren't quite probably like all the disappointment all the things have told us. Here's an example. I also, well secondly, I want to see an increase in our our belief, our belief system. And that the Lord, another prayer of mine is that the Lord just create an atmosphere of belief. An atmosphere of faith here. Because we see that that's really, really important. And as we worship, as we praise, as we declare, all that produces heaven coming down. As we declare the Lord's Prayer, Thy will done on earth as it is in heaven now. You know, bring it now here. As we declare those things, then God begins to respond. But then He kind of gives us a choice. Like, what do you want to do? You know, how, how do you want to respond to that? Um, and some of the examples of that atmosphere thing are in uh, Luke 5. 17, it says that one day as Jesus was teaching, Pharisees and teachers of the law had come from every village of Galilee, from Judea and Jerusalem were sitting there. And the power of the Lord was present for Him to heal the sick. All the sick. You see that? There was a presence of the Lord there to heal all. Many times this happened. Jesus healed all the sick. And then, there's other situations, like in Matthew 13:58, where even the Son of God, you know, fully God and fully man, could not do that. What was the situation? He was in his hometown, and it says he did not do many miracles there because of their lack of faith. Even Jesus couldn't do it. He's like, no, I can't do it. You know, I think it goes on to say he, just, he couldn't do many miracles, but he just went on to heal a few people. <laughs> just a few. He could even break through. He could tap into that thin heaven between him and earth. But God can create in a whole region, I believe, an open heaven, a thinness, if you will, between heaven and earth as we cooperate, as we cooperate with God's spirit and what he's wanting to bring here. Now, I'm going to get into a few minutes into the word and the word of faith, but One of those words that God, another reason why I'm going after this so strongly is because God has over and over again, through very respected prophetic voices and through just individual words and dreams and visions, etc., etc., spoken to this body here at River Life about the issue of healing. And I believe, again, because there's so many sick. There's so many. And we're just going to keep pressing through. Even if we lay our hands on a thousand people today, and we don't see one miracle, we're still going to believe God is our healer. We're still going to press through. And uh, I want to remind you, uh, in April, I got a call from, or a text from one of the pastors at Morningstar, and he had had a, a dream, or it was a vision, I don't know if it was a vision or a dream, I, I think it was a vision actually, anyway, Whatever. He had a vision. He said, Matthew, I was driving up Interstate 77 and I came to a billboard for Mooresville, you know, like a welcome to Mooresville sign on 77. And it said, Mooresville, home of the healing pools. He's like, and then I pulled into your property and in behind your building, you guys had actually put up like an above ground swimming pool thing. Yeah. Now, you won't see that construction project out there just yet. You know, we have. Taking it quite that literally, and he just went on to say, I believe God's sending hundreds and thousands of people just to be healed as a result of, you know, of you guys' ministry there. I was like, obviously, that was greatly encouraging. But it was like, once we receive a word like that, then the Lord gives us an option. Like, what do you want to do with that? You know, I mean, you don't have to. You know, He's still going to love us. (laughs) what are you going to do with that when you face the challenges of losing people you know again it's hard I mean, it's, it's hard for all of us to press on and continue to believe in such tragedy and such disappointment but I take I've said this before I take like the loss of my friend Matt not I refuse to let the devil limit my faith instead use that as motivation to make the devil pay and take this thing even further because I know what that's what, you know, John Martin Millen has that, how he loves a song. And you know, in the last stanza, the last verse of that song on the original track, he, he lost his friend Stephen in a car accident. And he said, if Stephen were here, he'd say it's not true, that God is good. You know, and I was thinking, gosh, I think, I, oh, right, if, uh, People say God's cruel, but if Stephen were here, he'd say it's not true, how he loves us. You know, and uh, again, I think it goes back to seeing things a little bit differently, like a perspective. It's difficult. I know it's difficult. You know, it's difficult in the face of loss and all of that. As, as John Mark actually broke down, he was crying through that verse and couldn't finish it because of the pain there. You know, but he said it's not true, Oh, how he loves us. How He loves us. He poured it out. And Byron's been talking about the cross. You know, and this is all taken upon His body on the cross. All the very vivid descriptions of, you know, where He described how the soldiers took those cat 9 tailed whips with shards of bone and maybe even glass on the end of these leather straps and they ripped all the flesh off of His body until His nerve endings were laid bare. And just even wind blowing across would put you in great agony in that situation with no skin on your body. And the Bible says, by his stripes, Bella, give me five. We are healed. Amen? Isn't that right? You did. You got stung by a bee. Wow. Well, are you all better now? Oh, that's good. You had a miracle about that. What happened? Oh, okay. Well, anyway. It'll come out. (laughs) (laughs) By His stripes we're healed. I mean, what else was that for? You know what I'm saying? I'm sorry. I just can't get past that. You know, I can't adopt my theology to anything less. And here's the thing about the eyes of our heart. Is there's good evidence for it. You know, people say that it's like blind faith. Well, no, actually there's a lot of evidence for my faith. You know, I've seen God do a lot of stuff. You know, Jesus said you can't see the wind, but you can see the evidence of the wind, right? There's just as much evidence for a superior realm, the kingdom of heaven realm, as there is for the natural realm that we can see, taste, feel, touch, smell, etc. With our five senses. It just goes to what are you going to see it with? When you get a report, a bad report from your physician... You've got two realms that are, are looking at you, right? I mean, you know, you've got two realities. You've got the facts, which I'm going to use in this case. That word facts would be the natural realm. Let's say the doctor says, well, sir, you know, the problem is all the pain. You've got arthritis. Okay, just for example. Well, you know, is that going to do you any good to say, no, I don't have arthritis. What are you talking about, doctor? You need to go back, you know, you're going to get real hyper spiritual and argue with him. No, you have arthritis in your physical body, right? Or whatever it may be. But then at the same time, the word of the Lord said, I am your God who heals you. And arthritis, go in Jesus' name. You know, the Lord gives you a word out of the scripture or from a friend or in your prayer time or someone says, you know, Matthew, stand on this. I want you to stand on this. No matter what. So then you can use different eyes. Your physical eyes are, you can't see arthritis, but your physical feeling, touch, is feeling the arthritis. Okay? So it's not that that's not the facts. But the truth is superior to the facts. The truth is Jesus Himself. He says, I am your healer. Look to me. Now, I know this is hard. I've, you know, like, for example, I was in bed for three days one time with my back. I literally couldn't move. I mean, just to get graphic, I was using a bedpan, okay? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> For three days, Marlon. My back I couldn't move. I mean, you know what I'm saying? It's hard in that state to not have your senses, your physical senses on the pain, on the symptoms, right? That's really hard. That's where only the faith of Christ can really take us through. Oh, we need His faith, not ours. Right? Right? To look those symptoms in the in the face and say, "No, my God is healer, my God is power," and just begin to stand on the word, the word that God's given you to stand on. That's where you need to be. That's where that thing is, can can you can get breakthrough in that. Oh, thank you, Jesus. shambara F. F. Bosworth, who was a healing evangelist way back in like the twenties, thirties, a long time ago. He said, looking, he was talking about this idea of looking to Christ. He said, looking means to be occupied and influenced by what we're looking at. It is the equivalent of Abraham refusing to consider his own body, but growing strong in faith by looking to the promises of God. Being occupied or influenced by our feelings or symptoms is reversing the conditions which God requires. You know, that's kind of a hard statement. And by the way, I... This is one thing that's become real to me this week is this whole thing about how to receive healing from Christ isn't even just about healing, but it's also about provision. It's also about sin issues. You know, if you're struggling with besetting sin, like look into Christ as, look into the blood of Christ as sufficient. Look into the crucified Christ, Christ on the cross as the answer and the power for the sin. In your lack Looking to Him as taking that lack upon Himself on the cross that, you, that He is Jehovah Jireh. He is our provider. Amen? Speaking, uh, looking at that lack in the face and speaking to it. Now then you look at your bank account, you know, and it's telling you something opposite, right? But you're looking at that, and uh, I was talking to some guys this week about just kind of, um, I don't know a good word for it, but covening together to encourage one another to keep our focus on the truth and not the facts. This is so important right now. Because the facts tell you things that, like the news and all this. But here's another uh, thing I love. Watchman Nee said, remember one of the devil's main objectives is always to make us doubt the divine facts. Are we going to believe the tangible facts Facts of the natural realm, which are clearly before our eyes, or the intangible facts of the spirit realm. I want to read a passage of scripture here in Romans six. We've been going through this in our um, our, our, uh, CSM Christ School Ministry class, and uh, this is so powerful. Paul's addressing the issue of sin here, and uh, specifically the nature of sin, or the uh, yeah the nature of sin in us that was crucified to the cross um, 2,000 years ago, plus when Jesus was crucified. Did you know that um, your body of sin, you're not like trying to, to crucify, you're not trying to kill it every day, like it was crucified. When His body was crucified on the cross, you were in His body, spiritually. You were there. Your body of sin has been, was dealt with. The challenge is knowing that. Not knowing it here, but knowing it here. When you know it with the mind of the heart, then you can see it. And that's what we were talking about, seeing the, fact, seeing the truth instead of the facts. When you know something is, is true, then you, can, you really can grab a hold of it. That's why this how-to is, is revelation, not like how to follow a formula. Or do you not know, Paul says, that as many of us as were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into His death? This is Romans 6.3. Therefore we were buried with Him through baptism into death, that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. For we have been united together in the likeness of His death, certainly we also shall be in the likeness of His resurrection. Or as Byron taught us, they put those few words in there at the end to help clarify in English, but they're really not in the original language. So it reads, Certainly we also shall be... Resurrection. Knowing this, there's the knowing again by Revelation that our old man was crucified with him that the body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves of sin. I want to submit to you that I could equally read this with sickness in place of sin, if you'll permit me that. Our old man was crucified with Him that the body of sickness might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves of sickness. For he who has died has been freed from sickness. Now if we die with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with Him. Knowing that Christ, there's the knowing again, having been raised from the dead, dies no more, death no longer has dominion over Him. For the death that He died, He died to to sickness once for all. But the life that he lives, he lives to God. Likewise, you also reckon yourselves to be dead to sickness. Now, it's not reckon like, I reckon. Yeah, it's not like reckon like southern reckon. Need teaches it's like accounting. It's like mathematics is the only truly objective discipline on the earth. Two plus two is four in China and in the United States. Right? It just is. It's consider. That's done. I like that accounting. Likewise, you also account yourselves to be dead indeed to sickness, but alive to God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Therefore, don't let sickness reign in your mortal body that you should obey it in its lusts. Well, how do, how do you obey sickness' lusts? Eyes. Do not present your members as instruments of unrighteousness to sickness, but present yourselves to God as being alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness to God. For sickness shall not have dominion over you. Amen? For sickness shall not have dominion over you, for you're not under law, but under grace. Here's an important principle. We're not under law, we're under grace. If you were to ask the question, well, how, Matthew, do I receive healing from Christ? By By grace through faith. The same way you receive salvation. It's a grace thing. Nothing that you can do it, that no one can boast. It's a grace that God offers us just as He offers us salvation. This is a hard thing here. I understand this because, you know, you say, well, I've still got the symptoms. I mean, I'm still sick. Yeah, I understand that. I know, I, you know, I totally. I mean, I just, it's devastating. That's why I can't, I can't get past this because it's devastating. I hate hearing all the, the reports. Of one more person with cancer. You know know what I'm talking about. It just surrounds us everywhere we go. But surrendering our our members is putting our focus on what the doctor says and what all the symptoms are. Rather than upon what Jesus says and what the truth is. I believe in medical science. It's awesome. It's a God-given thing. Take your medicine. Keep taking your medicine. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about where our perspective is. Just like if we were talking about sin, and you're like, well, Matthew, I, I, I'm having this besetting sin. I can't get past this sin. And I would say, well, do you believe that the blood of Christ is powerful? Yeah, I do. Well, do you believe that uh, 2,000 years ago, your sin nature was crucified? Yeah, I believe that's true. Okay, well, then why do you have the sin problem? Because you're letting the natural flesh overrule the spiritual nature that God's put in you, right? Right? We would all say we, from time to time sin, right? That's what's going on there. That's the explanation for that. So in the same way, sickness we're never completely going to get rid of sickness. It's not going to be off the face of the earth until Jesus returns in the second coming. Okay, but Paul's saying here, don't let it have dominion over you. Don't let it be a preoccupation of your complete focus. Keep your eyes on Him because He's the author and the perfecter of your faith. It's on Him. We put our eyes on Jesus. On the cross. What He's done for us. What I personally recommend to people, even in the besetting sin issue, is what I've done with issues in my life, is just taking a time of meditation with the Lord, meditation biblically, like filling your mind with God, and meditating and seeing the blood of Christ covering all my sin. Seeing myself physically hanging with him on the tree. Even if I close my eyes now, I can picture Jesus hanging on the cross and all that agony and myself just put up there in him. You know, in that meditation, in that state of meditation, even in sickness I would encourage you is to just begin to focus those things. What that's going to help to do is nurture your spirit. Nurture your spirit, man. Little by little, increasing, you know, the the belief in the unseen in your spirit, man, which is what faith is. Are you guys okay? I'm gonna wrap this up here. Water and fertilize the fertilizing the seed. You know, it's so interesting. You plant a, um, you know, let's say a tomato seed in the ground, and uh, it takes some faith to believe that anything's gonna happen. You know what I'm saying? Cuz you can't see that seed like germinating and sprouting until it hits it goes beyond the surface of the ground, right? But how many people like dig up the seed to see if anything's happening? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like that seed is fertilized and watered and get plenty of sunshine and the right temperature and all that, right? In order for it to take root and grow. And that's the soil of our heart. That's what that belief and seeing with those eyes are. is It's watering and fertilizing the seed. It's not denying the facts, remember. It's just believing in the truth. In Luke 8, 4, 4, Jesus told this parable of the sower that I think is so key, and I've used this before, but I'm going to go back to it because I think it kind of drives home something that God wants us to uh, continually keep before us. Again, so many people appropriately discuss this parable in terms of salvation and the people that actually get born again and those that don't. And here's an explanation Jesus gives us for why that is. You know, because when the sower, when God plants a seed by the Holy Spirit, then some receive it, their soil is good enough to receive it, and they become a Christian and stay a Christian, if you will, if you want to use that terminology. But others, it's like, yeah, okay, I'll pray the prayer. And then like two days later everything's choked it out, right? I'm going to show you. You can do the same thing. Jesus does the same thing actually here with sickness. And when a great multitude had gathered and they had come to Him from every city, He spoke for by a parable. A sower went out to sow his seed. As he sowed, some fell by the wayside and it was trampled down and the birds of the air devoured it. Some fell on rock and as soon as it sprang up, it withered away because it lacked moisture. And some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprang up with it and choked it. But others fell on good ground, sprang up and yielded a crop a hundredfold. When he had said these things, he cried, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. There it is. There's that whole ears thing. Then his disciples asked him, saying, What does this parable mean? And he said, I love this, To you it's been given to know the mysteries of the kingdom of God. Another synonym for mysteries is hidden truths. The truths of the heavenly realm, but of the kingdom of God. But to the rest, it is given in parables that seeing they may not see, and hearing they may not understand. Now the parable is this: the seed is the word of God. Those by the wayside are the ones who hear. Then the devil comes, takes away the word out of their hearts, lest they should believe and be what, and be healed. It's the word, the Greek word "soza," right there in verse twelve. That they should believe and be healed, or they should believe and be saved, salvation, their sins forgiven, being born again. Or they should believe and be delivered from demonic oppression. It's all in that same word. But the ones on the rock are those when they hear receive the word with joy, and these have no root, who believe for a while and in time of temptation fall away. Now the ones that fell among thorns are those who when they have heard go out and are choked with cares, riches, and pleasures of life. And bring no fruit to maturity. You know, we're pretty rich here. You know, in some countries that aren't as wealthy, even in our, depre- our recession, we're wealthy, by the way. You know that if you've been to third world nations. We have usually have some kind of option regarding medical care. There, you know, it's like the witch doctor on the corner, or God's going to heal you, you know, whichever kingdom you want to line up with. That's your hope. There's no other hoe. There's no other options. You know, so in terms of choking seed, I think this can be a very real example in the issue of health and wellness for us. Here is we're rich. We're wealthy. You know, just like for our protection, we can put our trust in our strong military. You know, but we learned on 9-11 that even strong militaries can't protect you from everything, right? Our trust is in Him. But the ones that fell on the ground, verse 15... Are those who, having heard the word with a noble and good heart, keep it and bear fruit with what? With patience. We, oh gosh, Lord, help us. Patience. Being patient for Matthew to wrap this up here. It's almost one o'clock. So let me just illustrate. This is from Ni, nee, who was a, uh, is a is a Chinese man, is in prison in Communist China for twenty or thirty years, a while back. And I wrote some pretty good stuff. But he said, I once had an experience which illustrates this principle. He's talking about reckoning or considering or counting. Some years ago I was ill. For six nights I had high fever and could find no sleep. Then at length God gave me from the Scripture a personal word of healing. That's what we need. That's what Bob was trying to tell us. Lions and lionesses need to be feasting right now on the Word. Because if you've got lack... You need a word. You know, if you've got sickness, you need a word. If you've got sin, you need a word, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. We need to feast right now. And so this is what Nee was doing. And uh, so he got this word of healing. And because of this, I expected all symptoms of sickness to vanish at once. Yeah, right? Who's been there? Gone, right? Be healed. Want a miracle. Instead of that, not a wink of sleep could I get. And I was not only sleepless, but more restless than ever. My temperature rose higher, my pulse beat faster, and my headache more severely than before. So the enemy asks, Okay, so here comes Satan, right? Or the devil in verse 12. And the devil comes and takes away the word after the seed's been planted. So the seed's in the soil. It's pretty fertile, but here comes the enemy to see what he can do. And here's what the enemy asks. Where is God's promise? Where is your faith? What about all your prayers, Mr. Knee? So, he says, I was tempted to thrash the whole matter out in prayer again. But, was rebuked and this scripture came to mind. Thy word is truth. John seventeen seventeen. If God's word is truth, I thought, then what are these symptoms? They must all be lies. So I declared to the enemy... This sleeplessness is a lie, this headache is a lie, this fever is a lie, this high pulse is a lie, In view of what God has said to me, all these symptoms of sickness are just your lies, and God's word to me is truth. In five minutes I was asleep and I awoke the following morning perfectly well. Now I mean, do you think that happened for me every time he was sick after that? I seriously doubt it. That's why patience was thrown in there by Jesus. We don't know the timing. We can't predict that. We can't necessarily guarantee that. But God says by His Word we will be healed. And by the way, like Sarah and I had this issue in our life uh, about, I don't know, maybe six or seven years ago now. It was an issue and uh, I really needed a word. And, and so I sought the Lord. So I finally got this word. And um, the word from the Lord was, Matthew, do you trust me? And I was like, well, if you put it that way, Lord, yeah, I trust you. Okay, well, then you can trust me that I'm going to handle this situation. Okay, cool. So that was the word. And you know, this isn't like one of those ongoing situations. It's a relational issue. And so every time the circumstances tell us contrary, I go back to that word. No, no, I trust the Lord. God, you said it's going to be okay. You got this handled. And every time I do that, it's like sometimes the situation get a little bit worse in the natural. No, nope, I'm standing on the Word. And you can hold me to this because it's going to take a while for this whole thing to play out. But I'm going to stand on that Word because that's what God says. That settles it. I'm just going to believe it. That's what you said, Lord. I'm standing on the Word. You know? That's it. That's all I can go on. I even wish I could apologize you know, because it's hard sometimes. But with the Lord, we've got to get that word from the Lord and continue steadfastly in that place. And I believe God is going to really um, just show himself strong. And how many people just really would like to contend for this atmosphere of healing in this house? You'd really like to just see, even regardless of the disappointments and the pain that you personally have gone through, even in, not just in spite of that, but because of that. You would like to see a greater outpouring of God's presence most of all. You know, healing is a result of God's presence, of Himself. It's His glory. It's all one thing. It's all synonymous. Lord, just do that for us. Let's just stand together.
2: You know, we, I had an example of this last night in the middle of the night, actually. Um, Anna Grace was waking up and she was coughing non-stop. I mean, just like nonstop. And I was in and out and in and out. And, um, you know, I really, we know that the Lord is wanting to release revelation about the blood of Jesus, the power of the blood of Jesus, and the power of the name of Jesus. He really wants to give that mystery to us in real revelation. And last night in the middle of the night, I realized that God, this is God's intention. This is what the, you know, is the unseen is that this is what He wants us to release. But the enemy has an intention at the same time to come after that. And his intention is to release that unbelief. Unbelief that what he said... I mean, this is not just in healing. This is just across the board that everything, that his promises are not really going to come forth. You know, and um, in the middle of the night, I had this just terrible attack of just... It was, it, I, could, I re- was glad I realized what it was because it was coming in fear and just just really um, anxiousness, you know, of just trying to battle this thing. And I realized, okay, Lord, I know that this is true, that there's power in the blood of Jesus, that there's power in the name of Jesus. And whether I see it in front of me right now, I believe it. So what I'm saying, Lord, is, Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. Help my unbelief. Help this area of what I'm seeing. You know, help me to get up there into, into you, more of yourself, more of you, and just that you would release your eyes. Of understanding. You would release your faith in and through me. And that, that really because of, of experiences, because of, of what I see, because of what doesn't seem, Lord, I want to be better, not bitter. I want to, because of my experiences, I really do see, we were talking about this this week, that because of situations in your life, that things you've gone through, because of things haven't turned out the way you thought they should have, you have options. You have, you have in that place, okay, Lord, this can either make me bitter or I can allow you, Jesus, to come in with your Holy Spirit, wash out my dump truck of all the junk that I'm carrying because of this. I'm asking you by your presence to come wash that out. I don't want to be bitter. I don't want that to take root in me to where I can't believe. That unbelief is taking root in me and, and, and it's just even hard to see you. So I really believe that the Holy Spirit, that the Lord wants to come with His Holy Spirit to wash out our dump trucks. To wash out our dump trucks But a because of experience and to release His faith because He has plans and purposes for us ahead of us. He has victories for us to walk into. He has fruit for us to eat of because He is wanting to plead he wants us to plead the blood of jesus he wants us to speak the name of jesus and to see fruit to come forth he really wants that but he wants to wash out he wants to wash out all the junk so that bitterness but we have a choice we really do have a choice what we want to grab hold of you know whether we want to let it release bitterness or to make us better because of what He does in our life and what He wants to release in our life, So I just really believe... I Can I just pray?
0: Yeah, so if that's you, you need the Lord to do that, I want you to just come up here and let Sarah um, lay hands on you and pray for you. and Especially like that thing in the night. How many people are just kind of tormented in your mind at night? You know, like that night season. I just encourage you, come up here. And she's going to pray with you. If we could have our ministry team come up here too. If you want uh, to stand in for uh, somebody you know that has cancer, for example, or whatever. You need physical healing in your body. Just come up here this morning. And I believe God's just going to break out up here and just release a mighty outpouring of His presence upon you you can come up here and do that and uh, i appreciate you guys staying a little late sorry we talked long but uh we'll see you tonight please come to the fall festival let's just hang out together so you can be dismissed and be blessed